0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters, May 3rd. Read it, PG 13. Well, guys, today, April 20th, is a great holiday. That's right, it's Tracking the Storm podcast recording day. Please clap.
1: (laughs) What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon, that is Matt, and Alex... We are very excited to be coming back at you. I am just thrilled, and you can see the excitement on my face, if you could see it, and how glad I am to be hopping on this podcast right now. No, I'm just kidding. I, I am happy to be back. Um, I've explained this on Twitter, and I, I'm just, I've am just i actually started a new job. First three weeks, I'm working like almost 50 hours between that and my other job that I haven't quit yet. So that's why the podcasts are taking a minute to get out, and my was not here last week. So apologies for that. Uh, one more week of training, and then I'll have a somewhat normalized schedule, and everything should be back to normal with us. But for tonight, we are going to have a little bit of a shorter podcast again, um, so that I can't get it edited and out to you guys in a relatively timely manner. Um, we are going to talk some about a very dumb tweet we saw the other day. We are going to talk about hurricanes hockey. We are going to talk about Pyotr Kachikov. I'm sure. Check-o, however the hell you say it we'll figure it out once the game starts in a couple nights i'm sure they'll have it right and we'll we'll go with that after they well they did screw up stevie so who knows but anyway um all right we'll get the ugly stuff out of the way first and we'll give the listeners what they want as alex just said I, i'm not even gonna start on this one like i said i'm tired i just got off work so you guys go ahead i'll, I'll chime in later
0: <laughs> floor is yours. Alex, have you seen the tweet yeah i i've seen the tweet Okay. Should 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 we read the tweet for for the listening base? Yeah, for those I'm gonna, who have not heard, I'm should. going to paraphrase in case some of our listeners know this person in real life. So, basically, this tweet is saying that people who are critical of the team need to stop being Kane's fans, and that this is not the worst that the team has been, which it's true. This is not the worst the team has been, but saying people that need to stop being Canes fans because they're a little negative as a team or about the team is bad. And it's also judging people who came into the fandom recently. Right. I'm going to be honest. I feel a
1: little personally attacked with this. Granted, I've been with the team, you know, for a long time, but. I calls it like I sees it. So this is obviously well, subtweeting me,
0: Alex and I talked about this last week. And I think, you know, like none of us are saying, stop being a fan. We're just like, sometimes it's okay to like admit that, Hey, the team's still playing hard. They're playing well. And you know, when things are bad, it's not the end of the world. Sure. That's what we're mm-hmm. trying to get at. And I feel like some people took it too far and not saying that they did it because of the podcast just saying because i mean (laughs) the account that tweeted this has been a shitty take machine all year long just cranking them out left and right Uh, that is facts yeah like i mean (laughs) when have i ever lied on here let's be honest um it's like it's one of those things like one of those times where i'm kind of glad that i'm not as like ingrained in kane's twitter as i used to be because like it's just a beast that tries to eat itself by its own tail.
2: Oriboros. What's it called? Oriboros? Something, Something like that.
0: Like that. Yeah. All right. I think yeah I that, that,
2: that account has definitely become, you know, a factory of shithousery and it, and, it just, and it just keeps people, getting worse.
0: There's another person who I called out for gatekeeping in the prospects account mentions recently who will remain unnamed for saying like, basically implying that there are going to be fans that didn't know about Kachetkov or Kochetkov when we've been screaming about it for so long. And that, you know, they're dumb for that. And I'm like, some folks just don't care about the prospects and that's fine. It doesn't make them less of a fan. And they got all offended. Like, Oh, I'm not saying anybody's less of a fan. I'm like, yeah, you are. And they, you got
2: blocked by them too, didn't you?
0: I absolutely did. <laughs> so they quoted that original tweet saying, "You know, everybody who is all ready to go when the Canes are winning is now trying to jump ship." And I'm like, F- "Off, man!" That's mad. Yeah.
1: He's a bandwagoner if I've seen one. First sign of trouble, he's out.
0: <laughs> Damn. But like, no, this is this is what they said, like in response to like the. Uh, like the shitty tweet about gatekeeping they were like so on board with it and i'm like and they said and i am gonna quote this part because i think this is hilarious do yourself a favor and pick a different sport
2: oh oh a different sport you didn't even go with a different team he, he hit you with the pick a different sport
0: no she that, hit you.
2: can i can i make a point here because it seems like what's kind of been lost in kane's twitter recently is the entire fact that i mean isn't the entire point of twitter for people to you know give out their opinions and oh, you've got people really. getting pressed <laughs> about opinions repeatedly and you're in, like, the 15th Cain Civil War of the past year, Monthth. I would say. Yeah, month, <laughs> maybe, maybe month at this point. And it's, it's literally just two sides of people bitching about the same things, just in a different manner. And every new person who comes along trying to one-up said person before them. You know what I mean? It's just become an absolute shit show. And, you know, culminated with these tweets here from the past week, I just I, I, I think people have lost focus on what the entire purpose of Twitter is. You know, if you want to just complain all the time then maybe go back to Kane's Facebook, maybe Kane's Twitter isn't the place for you. But on the flip side of that, you know, complaining about the team and pointing out flaws that doesn't make you any less of a fan. You know, it, it, it just, it makes you very objective and like, it's I, I like think some you, people can't understand that.
0: I don't think you can, no reasonable person can be in either a hundred percent positive or a hundred percent negative all the time. Right.
1: Sure.
0: My, my issue with the whole thing is like folks who are telling people to leave the fandom, for, and I mean, when when they tried to argue with me before blocking me, they were like, "I never said you know for people to leave the fandom," and I'm like, "Yes, you did. You literally told people to stop being Kane's fans." Oh, like, the,
2: dude, the backtracking is just ridiculously. Yes. And
0: and I was like, "Listen, I was talking with other people. It doesn't make us like." I think all three of us on this podcast were around during the rough years, like the 10, 9, 10 year playoff drought. Right? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, we've been around since before that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, all three of us were around there. But yeah. that doesn't make us any better of a fan than somebody who's just starting.
1: Yeah, well, like, like not if you want things to go back
0: to the way they were during the drought. <laughs> Sorry. Resort if you want things, if you want things to go back to the way they were during the drought, sit in PNC Arena with eight thousand fans. Who cares? Like, that's what it is. Like, there is no point in turning new fans away because they're a little bit critical of the team or occasionally they might have some negative things to say. Like, you can't be sunshine and rainbows all the time. And I'm sure these same people are the ones trying to trade Martine Natchez for whatever freaking reason. God, like gatekeeping bothers me so much because like, this is a small market team. Yes, we have a very passionate fan base. Yes, like nobody's here to question that except for people up North and they can, you know, kiss my ass. Nobody here is going to question the dedication of these fans. Why would you turn away new fans? Because in comparison to a market like New York, Edmonton, Toronto, even Washington at times, like we're a relatively small market. I just, I don't get it. And it's really frustrating because I feel like a lot of people forget when we couldn't fill a barn More than
2: we was. We were half empty. Yeah, we were half empty. We we were what Buffalo is now.
0: Hell, there were some nights where we'd only have three thousand more fans than Arizona's going to have next season. (laughs) Like we like everybody's shitting on the Coyotes for having a stadium with a capacity, max capacity of five thousand fans. The Canes, most nights, could hit seven or eight thousand, and that was it.
2: Yeah, and, and in comparison to that, like, back in the day, my Ottawa 67s used to have 10K in the building. You know what I mean? So it's when you have such a committed fan base, and, I mean, the Hurricanes sell out basically every game. I mean, the turnaround since Tom Dundon has taken over goes, you know, above just the on-ice product. I mean, the fan experience has been improved. From what I hear, I mean, you guys would know better yeah. than me.
0: But Hurricanes games um, are fun. Yeah, there's
2: been a lot of improvements inside the arena that draws has drawn new people in, you know, not just specifically the hockey. I mean, mind you, you know, when the results are better, the team is winning, the people are going to come. But, you know, it's a place that you can go with your friends. It's a place you can go with your family. You don't have to be the most dedicated or the most hardcore fan. You don't have to analyze every player, every play, every detail uh, for your opinion to be relevant. You know, and it, the more people there, the more people that are committed and buying into this team. I think it's better for everybody. You know, it's Van better for the team.
0: fans literally help every franchise. Pittsburgh was it's probably revenue be sold. It's revenue. Yes. Everybody wants to talk about you know. Bandwagon fans, but bandwagon fans are part of the reason why the Chicago Blackhawks were relevant soon as chicago started winning yes everybody jumped on the bandwagon guess what chicago was rolling in cash after that i agree alex the fan experience has improved the the arena needs work though the arena needs a lot of work
2: yeah Um, i mean
0: i'm hoping that now that they've extended the lease for a while they'll start putting money into upgrading it because when you look at some of the newer arenas around the uh, league pnc just kind of looks eh, very drab I mean, on the
2: outside uh, the sens are kind of in the same boat right
0: well so it... well that's a little more complicated now with the eugene melnick news but um yeah, I just had to get that off my chest because first of all, first and second of all, they're probably not going to hear this because they blocked me. Yeah, so they're definitely not
2: listening to what you have to say. Yeah,
0: and so you can go crazy. Well, you can- it's really funny because the one person—I have no idea if the one person follows the Canes account—but the the one person that like quoted that tweet, like praising the take, still follows the prospects account. Oh, so, so they just
2: they just aired you on your personal account
0: who cares man the personal account is just shit posting anyways (laughs) but the you know i i now see though you care about the prospects account but but you don't care about
2: the matt soma brand uh you know that's that's what it is
0: listen the rock's not for everybody (laughs) we can talk hockey now but I think the last thing I want to say about the whole thing is if you are a new fan, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast, like, hi, welcome. Welcome to the Canes fandom. I'm sorry. We're a bunch of assholes. Yeah, we suck. We suck. Yeah. Second of all, you are welcome here. We really do appreciate seeing more and more people get excited about the team every day. It is so cool seeing a fan base that's energized, a fan base that's excited and passionate And one that's, in all honesty, starting to get into all layers of the community here. It's really cool to see, and I hope that this can last as long as possible. And continues the trend. Yes. Nobody's better than you just because you just started as a fan. You're welcome here. All right, let's talk the uh, Colorado and uh, Arizona games. Right. Brandon, you haven't talked in a while. I was going to I say, know. you, want to, you want to chime in here?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just have no time. He, for, he's just, Brandon's just here to make appearance. <laughs> he's just here to look cute or something. No, again, I, I just have no time for bullshit like that. I don't really do drama. People get mad at me all the time. I tell them to follow me. Anyway, um, so the Hurricanes had probably the worst nightmare you could hope for about a week and a half ahead of the postseason in colorado a couple nights ago i think it was actually like the night b- before we got the last podcast out i don't know something like that anyway night. okay yeah and we didn't get it out till friday so yeah anyway or i didn't i should sure. say
0: um saturday night it was saturday night okay yeah.
1: so it was after the podcast whatever it doesn't, it doesn't really matter um I guess the Anderson thing looks a little more serious. Jordan Stahl looks to be back already, actually, which is a good thing. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the hell it was. I was expecting a concussion, and you never really know with concussions. It could have been a concussion, and he could already be cleared. Or it could have, you know, if it was, it could have been a concussion that kept him out for months. You know, you never know with those. Or maybe it was just, you know, he tweaked something in his back. Who the hell knows? But either way, good news, looks like he's back. Anderson looks like it could be a while still, um, and incidentally, it's Kachikov season, so off whatever, I'm just gonna say Kachikov for now, I don't really give a shit, um, if it's wrong, we'll correct it in later episodes, like we did with Stephen Lawrence, Lawrence, I am really, really excited to hopefully see him get a game, I know you guys are too, but <laughs> Especially after Ransom compared him to what?
2: What was it? Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky. Vasilevsky and, and like Bobrovsky. That. Like... <laughs> Can can we set any more realistic? <laughs> right, you know, yeah, that's where I was going to go. With it's, this. it's it's either Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky, or you got you got the the O six Cam Ward side uh, com, <laughs> right. coming from coming from the other direction. You know, but it was like, just
0: a take machine this week, man. Oh my uh, lord!
2: Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like how how about yeah, we sure. let this kid play one minute of <laughs> NHL hockey before He's we just... anoint him to be you know the savior. A Vesna candidate, you know, comparing him to the top goalies in the league. Like, can he make one save in this league before we start doing that? Just one,
0: one shot. Just know, one I mean, save, that's, Matt.
2: That's He's
0: what I was just gonna just ask. One. What
1: are the actual realistic expectations? Because I mean, so, part of me does. I, think
2: I would say, hold up. I, I would. I would say the realistic. Damn it, Alex! You just said I didn't get to talk. Oh, hold up. I think I like, just. I think the realistic expectations for me. Okay, it should be somewhere between these ridiculous takes that we're hearing, the Vasilevsky, Bobrovsky, all that nonsense, and the Jack LaFontaine seven-goal game. Uh, the, it was somewhere in the middle. You know? I it's not finish it's my conversation. So you of those parameters somewhere there. in the middle.
0: Brandon, go ahead, and then I'll <laughs> offer I'll, – I'll, I'll bring it back down to reason.
1: Oh, I mean, all I was going to say is I, I think – We've gotten off the rails already, man. We act like we've never done this before. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> all I was going to say is, <laughs> I, yes, I totally agree that the expectations that some fans are inevitably already going to have if he doesn't get a shutout with 40 saves in his first game. I still think there's a chance he could come in and be really good and give this team a really good chance to win. But I also know that he's 22 years old and has been in North America for approximately four days, well, a couple months. But so there's a, every opportunity that he could just have nerves on him in his first NHL start if he gets mm-hmm. one and not play well. You know, that's it, the way it goes for goalies sometimes. Not all of them step into the league and are immediately, you know, what they can be someday down the road. So again, I just wanted to get y'all's realistic expectations. Alex, you have laid out parameters halfway across the continent. Um, <laughs> Matt, what do you think,
0: buddy? So, development isn't linear. Right. And I've said all along that Kochetkov gets another year in the AHL because he needs it not only to work on his English, but also to, you know, stay. Consistent because I mean 15 games is a decent sample size, but it's still not great, you know. Right. Um,
1: yeah, as good as he's been, like, who knows? His next start, he might have gotten shelled and all of a sudden he doesn't really look the same, you know.
0: Yeah, and I mean one start doesn't define you. Sure. But when those starts like with you know, Alex mentioned Jack Lafontaine, when those types of starts become a pattern. Like Chicago's yeah. game last night, then it becomes an issue.
1: Confidence is everything in hockey, especially yeah. especially with the goaltending position. Exactly. And so if he has a most, bad start.
0: Most goalies don't break into the league till 23, 24. So he's right on track, you know? Right. Yeah. Um with the so we'll start with Ronta's comparisons to Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky. And Brandon, I think I mentioned this with you maybe or somebody else. I think Ranta's talking more about the style. style right? Yeah, like, and Hurricanes goalie coach, Paul uh, Schoenfelder, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He made a kind of, he elaborated on that today saying like, you know, they're not constrained technically. Like they don't have one rigid, technical style like you'd see with a uh, I mean look, look at Anderson very technical goalie
2: mm-hmm.
0: like Kochekov is just kind of untethered and free and sometimes you look at him and go what the hell are you doing Yeah, he, and it he's just chaotic. happens to work out yes it's, it's organized chaos because he can always snap right back into position but So, I feel like stylistically, sure, he's like Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky, because both of those goalies don't have a particular style, because, I mean, they themselves, like, the way they play is its own style, completely different from any other goalie in the league, right? So... With the 06 Cam Ward takes, I I almost don't want to like dignify those with the response because like, I feel like at some point you're just reaching to find similarities between things, you know?
2: It is because like the, the situations aren't even remotely similar. Like yeah, Cam Ward was the backup that year. He yeah. played like almost 30 NHL games, you know,
0: yeah. like maybe so the Chekhov age was similar. Has 15 AHL starts or not even starts 14 starts and then he came in relief one game i think but i think it's okay to get hyped about him just please keep your expectations reasonable like yeah we
2: people should get hyped about him because i mean we're going to be having a look at what could be the future of the team's goaltending you know he this this kid could be their future starter for the next 5 10 maybe even more years like who really knows but you know especially with the goal like take a look around this league and tell me how many 22 year old goaltenders have started a game this season and tell me how many are getting consistent starts and then take take that group of guys and tell me how many continue to have success
0: I was gonna say the only young goalie I can think that got maybe like what you would consider consistent starts. is like Nico Dawes with New Jersey and that hasn't really gone well.
2: And that gone. Yeah. I'm, I mean it like
0: playing goalie
2: in the NHL is a big deal. You in the know, most I mean,
1: pack time of the year.
2: It, yeah, exactly. Like it, the transition is not like going from, you know, from junior or from a top European league to the AHL or ECHL. This step up from the AHL to the NHL is exponentially bigger just because of the pressure that's on you. You know, like you're playing in the top league in the world and you're barely, you know, Kachakov, he's barely beyond being a teenager. Like the pressure you feel has to be absolutely immense. You know, you know how many eyes are watching you and you, you're like, he's probably so desperate to make it that you know, one mistake can make or break you. And that's how, like, why we've seen over the past few years and the past decades, you know, how many top goaltending prospects just couldn't work out or couldn't live up to the hype. Or, you know, like, in the snap of a, of, of your fingers, you see a guy going from being, you know, one of the top goaltenders in the league to completely flaming out. You know, it's it's an immense level of pressure. And I think, you know, taking a kid like Kotchikov who barely speaks the language, so he might not even know what's being said about him, let's be honest. Unless someone's telling him, you know, he he might not know what's going on. But you're putting these astronomical expectations on this kid who, he's stepped on the ice for one practice and you've got people comparing him to the top goaltenders in the league and the biggest success story, arguably in Hurricanes history. Like, I think we need to dial it back just a little, just a bit. Just dial it back a little, and let's let this kid make one, one save before before we go. You know, anointing him to be the next Vesna Trophy winner is that too much to ask? Man?
0: You're being unrealistic and expecting people to keep expectations realistic. But I like <laughs> hype surrounding Kochekov is healthy because I mean I am optimistic and thinking he's going to be the goalie of the future.
2: Yeah. I think we all are. I, I think I think all of us are on that same page. Yeah, and I, I, to that Miles. point,
1: I really hope like if he gets in back to back this weekend, obviously, so everybody's kind of looking at that and like thinking, hopefully he'll get one of those games. Right, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm sure and, will. New Jersey and the Islanders. It's two like not explosive offenses. Like you, you hope he can get in one of those games. You hope he can feel the puck early if he does and have some success. But if he does struggle, it's not the end of the world. And if he does succeed, he's probably still going to go down, right? Like, (laughs) he's not going to stick around. Anderson's, as long as he comes back anyway, he's going to retake his spot as this team's starting goaltender into the playoffs. So we need to just enjoy this objectively. Let it play out as it may. Kajakov's still the guy in the future, right?
0: Yeah, and the good news about the whole situation is Anderson should be back relatively soon and I say relatively soon because you know they they set the week or the timeline that they'll reevaluate in a week and I think that was Sunday or Monday the good news is the season ends on Friday the regular season right you don't have to rush Anderson back you can sit him until the playoffs and be fine. Jordan Stahl's playing with the – or he practiced with the team, was a full participant today. So that's good news on the injury front, right? I do think he gets one start, maybe two. He might start the last game of the season against New Jersey.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too.
0: And the, on- the only reason I say that is because – that game, you're not going to want anybody to get hurt in. It's a game against New Jersey who are out of the playoffs. It's the last game of the season before the playoffs. Why bother getting your starters tired or hurt? But at the same time, he might not, they might just want to ride Ranta and get him into a or Ranta and get him into a groove.
1: Yeah? Just in case, right? Like, that's, yeah. that's the other side of this. It's like you probably want to see Ronta, you know, get his stamina. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have his stamina at this juncture of the season, but get a couple starts back to back to just in case he does have to be the guy. If we do see that, it might be bad yeah. news. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, are you I mean, going to start I, I Ronta in... on both ends of the back to back? Like, are you going to play him Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, no you're not going to do that. But no, I, I don't think so. I think you, you have to play Kochikov in one of those games, you
0: just have to. Yeah, it's possible i don't yeah, want to I, I keep say forgetting there's only like
1: five games like six games left so it's
0: five. Oh, oh it is <laughs> five okay there's only five games left and i think ronta starts all but one of them okay that's just my opinion
2: i, I could see anderson maybe starting the last game of the season just because you know you don't necessarily want him going into the playoffs cold you know so you bring him back let him get his feet wet in one game i mean who knows what the intensity level is going to be like for that game. I mean, it's just the last game of the year, but at at least just to get him back into game shape, you know, let him go out there, take a few pucks, whatnot, um, just so he's not, you know, going straight from the injured reserve right on to, you know, playoff game one. Yeah. Because, I mean, a three-week layoff, like, I mean, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, he's a professional, he's a veteran. He should be fine, but, you know, you, you'd still like to at least see him get a couple reps before starting game one, assuming that he's good to go. But I, based off what the Hurricanes have said, uh, I, I'm assuming he's going to be fine to go for the playoffs.
0: Do you guys want to hear a fun fact about the Arizona game?
2: It better so be prior, fun.
0: Prior to that <laughs> game before they – I learned this from Kane's cast today, actually. Prior to the Canes game against Arizona on Monday night, or was it sun it was monday night right
2: yeah
0: yeah monday night yeah arizona had lost their previous 6 games by four or more goals yeah if, i wasn't really going to bring that up if they lost that canes game by more than by four or more goals they would have broken the record for that longest streak which was held by the worst team in nhl history the expansion washington capitals
2: well, I tweeted out before the game that, you know, over, their, over the, the Arizona's six games before facing the Hurricanes, they were outscored 38-7. to seven. Yeah, it
0: was pathetic.
2: Yeah, but so you know how the comments – I almost had to nuke Twitter after that one. You know how the comment section was, oh, we're going to outshoot them 54-12. The Hurricanes are losing 4 nothing. da-da-da. All
1: right, before we wrap things up, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the hockey podcast. Now it worked – so we're going to take a quick second to get away from DraftKings. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, just like Frederick Anderson, right? Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up, restrictions apply. See the show notes of wherever you catch our podcast for important details.
0: And we're back. That was well done. And,
1: and we're, we're back. back. And we're back. And we back.
0: I have a question then for you guys. Name one player and then one thing. That will be the difference for the Hurricanes in the playoffs, and we can't all say the same thing. So, thing being goaltending, power play, defense. Well, I
1: was gonna say it's the power play because as good as the penalty kill is, the Hurricanes take a lot of penalties, and these these penalty or power, these power plays are gonna end up facing in the playoffs are probably gonna capitalize after they see them for a while, right? Like especially later on in the series, they've been playing against them for a few games. They're probably gonna get some power play goals. Hurricanes have to match that. If they don't, if it still remains a problem like it has in the past playoff runs, that's going to be a huge issue. And as far as the players, man, I'm not going to say there's two that I'm like kind of torn between. And I'll I'll only say one. I won't even like throw the other one out there. So you guys can have your your fun. But for me, I think the player that makes the biggest difference in the Hurricanes actually being a true Stanley Cup contender And then maybe this is even a little cliche, but either a real Stanley Cup contender or a team that fizzles out in, you know, first, second, third, whatever round is Andrei Sveshnikov. Because if he, throughout this playoff run, and and now like, let's be real, the playoffs are made for his game, right? That heavy, physical, talented player. This is his chance to shine. And if the Hurricanes are going to make a deep run, he has to, has to, has to play a big, big part in that course they have the depth you know they have a lot of guys that are clicking the third line's been great we can expect Ajo to be great hopefully but if Andre Svechnikov is scoring goals and just being a pest to play against and playing a heavy game it changes the complexion of the Hurricanes and at times you know it's really been more so flashes than consistent production from him um, even though he has continued to score he's continued to play well but I think we need to see a little bit more straight-up domination that he is totally capable of. I don't think it's that, like, far-fetched of a request to hope to see that from him. But if the Hurricanes can get special Sveshnikov at the top of their game, I think it makes them a true Stanley Cup contender.
2: Yeah, uh, that's that's a great point. I mean, if he can elevate, uh, they're going to be very dangerous. I need you guys to hear me out on this one because I, I kind of have a two-in-one. It's, it's kind of an answer for – for both player and, you know, thing that Matt alluded to. But for me, and it's kind of more of a concern, but like I I, I really think that this specific thing is, it could make or break the team in this playoff run. And it's something that I, I don't know if enough attention has really been brought to it. But, you know, I, I have some concerns with whoever it is that is going to be playing the Hurricanes first pair of defensive minutes on the right side yeah it, it might be Tony D'Angelo it probably will be it could be Ethan Bear. that's a problem um but I I am very worried about that matchup because you know on one hand you could say okay well the Hurricanes will use Brett Pesci and Brady Shea as their matchup you know their defensive matchup based pairing but you know that that's kind of keeping your best defenseman off the ice and like Jacob Slavin and not to mention in playoff hockey, you want your best guys out there. So you know you you're gonna you're gonna have third pairing minutes reduced because I'm not sure how much you can rely on guys like Ian Cole and Brendan Smith. And you know it put Bear and Tony D'Angelo into this conversation as well. Um, I, I'm not sure how much you can rely on those guys, especially you know when it comes to crunch time in, in big games. Like you're you don't want those guys out there. You want Jacob Slavin out there. You want you know Preston and Shea out there. But, you know, you have to have somebody playing with Jacob Slavin. And the fact of the matter is, whoever's going to be playing the big minutes beside him is very likely to be somewhat of a liability defensively, somewhat of a liability physically. And, you know, I'm just not sure they can handle those big matchup minutes. And there's no clear answer as to what they're going to do there. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have some kind of system ready to, you know, kind of make the their deployment of their pairings kind of work to the best of their abilities and do what they can to kind of counteract the deficiency that they have on that right side there. But I I don't really have a clear answer because, you know, when, if you're going to be playing a team like Boston or a team like Tampa and they just, they're they're bringing out all their offensive firepower just relentlessly. You're that, that first pairing is, I, I have concerns about how they're going to hold up. I don't know about you guys, but it's, it's, it's a big cause for concern.
0: I, I agree with – and you actually kind of stole mine. I was going to say the third pair.
2: The Hurricanes need that guy to step up massively, and I'm just not sure they can.
0: Oh, crap. So I can't say Tony D'Angelo, and I, I was debating on it because don't like the guy, never have. I think offensively – And it kind of ties in with Brandon's about the power play. Like if D'Angelo isn't contributing on the power play, in my opinion, he offers nothing. He's a
1: detriment. It's not just nothing. He's a detriment.
0: Yes. So that's something that kind of needs to get going, but I'll leave that alone for now. My person slash player that I think could really elevate that will be really important for the Canes to do is vincent trochek i think he has the ability to thrive in a playoff atmosphere because he plays that brand of hockey and this is going to tie into my thing as well my biggest i mean the power play in the third pairing would have been my biggest concerns so i'm left i gave myself the hard choice right i have to pick a third one the second line so Trocheck, more than likely Naitchus and whoever's on their wing, or you know whoever's basically on the line with Trocheck, because right now, I'm guessing it's got, going to
1: be Sveshnikov because I don't think they're going to want to put TSA together.
0: Who knows? Aho and Jarvis work really well together. Yeah, and that in and of itself, whoever's with them, that's a good first line. You've got the third line with. Oh, I, Stahl, I forgot Spesh-
1: Sw- I, for a second. Sorry, I forgot Sveshnikov actually playing with Aho and Jarvis right now. Uh
0: Tara Vinen was on their last game. Oh, okay. I miss missed so
1: many games lately, man. Yeah. I've been so damn busy, but anyway.
0: So you've got the third line with Jordan Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, and Jesper Fast. That is a great line. You cannot mess with that line because that line's gonna wreak havoc in the playoffs. May not be always on the scoreboard, but they're always gonna be doing something. Then you have the fourth line with the rest. <laughs> So that, that includes guys like potentially Domi, potentially, you know, whoever gets slid down. If Domi goes up to the second line, you know, stuff like that. Kokaniemi, Stepan, Martin McLaurin, all of those guys. The second line right now is my biggest concern because it's the line. That's the least consistent. You, You sort of know what you're getting with Trocek. He's been fine lately. And I think, you know, the points have been coming, but The rest of whoever's been on his line, it's been kind of up and down. And I don't think that line has been pushing the pace of play rather. They've been kind of chasing it lately and you need all four lines to be going, but you really need a dynamic one, two punch in the playoffs. And I don't think the Canes have that right now. Yeah. But I also agree with you guys in the sense that they make a lot of mistakes with that third pair just like mental mistakes and the power play has been better as of late because they've been getting the chances, but still not great.
1: Yeah. And even, even when they're better, it's, it's a results-based business dude. (laughs) Like, yeah. And that ties into another one of the big issues finishing. And there's so much firepower in the Eastern conference. And that scares me like a series against even the Maple Leafs make your jokes. That scares me. Like, they can put the puck in the net. If the Hurricanes hit one of their snags, what's going to happen? And, I mean, Florida same with Florida. Florida's, Florida. Florida's the one that scares me the most. Like, the Hurricanes are going to have to advance a little ways to even get there. So, we're not even worried about that just yet. But... If the I,
0: Panthers don't figure out how to stop going down 3-1, to 4-1... to But, see, I think
1: be- that could be a lot like what we see with the Hurricanes a lot, where they're just like, we're dominant. Who cares? We basically got the... Conference locked, locked up the one seed. So uh, what, what what are we really playing for right now? And then they turn it on and come back anyway.
0: Sure, but we saw that with Tampa back in <laughs> the 2019. Yeah, that was that was And funny, yeah. they got swept because they totally weren't ready for the playoffs. Right.
1: Oh, well, again, there's there's issues with every team, right? Like, we, yeah. we can nitpick, and or, you know, not even nitpick. You can point out logical issues, even with a team like Florida that looks really, really good, or Colorado. But I'm just saying, if the Hurricanes were to match up with one of those two teams I mentioned, and that team is playing, you know, near their top level, it scares me.
0: Yeah. Well... By the time we're meeting next week, and honestly, by the time the next podcast is out, it's very likely that the season will be over. We'll be on the last regular season game of the season. So it's exciting, man. The playoffs are coming. We're ready for, I think we're all at this point, just kind of ready for them to get underway, you know? Oh, yeah. I guess the one thing we have to look forward to with the rest of this regular season is to see if maybe Piotr gets a start, but we don't know. But folks, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. As always, we're so grateful for your support. We're excited to bring you some content during the playoffs, as well as some fun off-season content. I've got a few things that I need to start scheduling now as far as off-season content goes. But before we go, we say this at the end of every podcast, but I'm going to change it up a little bit this week. Unless Uh you're somebody that gatekeeps... It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.